Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie D. And today we're talking... Toys. 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 I, that word is like one of those words where if you say it over and over again, it doesn't sound like a real word anymore. Toys. Yeah. Toys. Yeah, try it. <laughs> Have you ever used a toy, Natalie? I've, I've, I've touched toys before, sure, yeah. Like as a child, as like someone who cares for other children, as someone who will occasionally buy toys for themselves. I just, I never got that far on toys. I just never, I Not never a picked, toy boy. Never picked them up, no. No, so before we get too much further, Natalie, what is a toy? A toy is an item that is used in play, especially one designed for such use. Usually it is a child who will play with a toy, but there are also toys marketed to adults. And you use toys as a means of training young children for life in society. That's like the Fisher-Price work-at-home kit. Did you see that one? Right. That doctor came... said. Yeah, the, doc- the doctor said is classic. That was like, they all gave us the Fisher-Price earphone, uh, stethoscope stethoscope, and face napkin or what I, I You know, I never played with that. I saw that it existed. But they all gave us that, and then they told us not to play doctor. <laughs> that was a little... You know, the world, maybe we truly did use toys to learn that the world is full of contradictions. <laughs> but the newest, the Fisher-Price work-at-home kit has like a laptop and it has a little slider so you can block your camera when, when you want a coffee break or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> so like, it's just like a fake computer, is it? Yeah, it's like a fake computer and a phone and something else. Yeah. yeah. I think fake computers are funny. I bought Nona a fake computer when she was little, and it was like a Yo Gabba Gabba computer. And she would it would just push buttons, and it would be like DJ Lance saying something asinine. Yeah, it was kind of like a soundboard. Uh huh. But it was just like Yo Gabba Gabba noises. She liked it pretty well. It had like little. It would do a broby. Like on the screen sometimes, like yeah, yeah, we do. But it was all thing. pixelated. Like it didn't look any better than a speaking spell dog. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> I think it was uh, just a, the absolute cheapest parts they could get, kind of just string together. Yeah. Like not even like sub Raspberry Pi. Like you could definitely not run Nintendos on it. Right. Right. What did? What was your favorite toy when you were a kid? Oh my gosh! When I was a kid, I mean. I was like you in that when I was a kid, my favorite thing to do was read books. Yeah, absolutely. But I know that that doesn't count. I played with Barbies as a kid. Yeah. But like my relationship with playing Barbies was more like I liked brushing their hair and I liked doing their hair and like twisting their hair up and stuff like that. And, like, putting them in an outfit. But I, I didn't, like, get involved with, like, making scenarios up with my Barbies. Like, some some little girls would be like, oh, Barbie, you're my girlfriend. And, like, do, like, that kind of playing Barbies. I yeah. never did that kind. Yeah. I was just, like, brush them out. Looks good. Put it on the thing. Look at, check it out, man. She's all brushed up and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so you never use them to like role play. I've never been a role player. No, huh? I, I never got into that. Uh, I would see the commercials for the boys dolls and they would be like, you can live in the secret cave. You can shoot the other dolls. And I was always like, all right, man. Like I just, I figured that was just, uh, I figured that was just marketing and mm-hmm. that people didn't really do it because it, I mean, they were all smiling and I was like, there's no way this could be that fun. No, the boy, the boy, like the G.I. Joe, it was like, pew, 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 pew. I'll get you, Sergeant, what's his face? Pow, pow, pow. This is like the American hero. This is definitely how things are supposed to be. Pew, 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 pew. Kill them all, fuckers. Yeah, it was. 
I think it's very much a. I mean, the toy company is doing it for profit, but there's definitely a bent toward normalizing, creating somebody you can call bad guy. Uh Like if you ever, like it's, it's unwatchable now, but if you go back the earlier seasons of the show, Cops. Now Cops have never been good. Cops as an institution have never been good, but the earliest seasons of Cops were like, a lot more realistic because the cops, sometimes they didn't even have guns. They were always bungling. In the earliest seasons, they like tried to look good. Uh So they tried to go around and make it seem like they were helping people. In like season 20 plus, they were just like full tactical and there's like, there's a kid on a bike and they were definitely pew pew. Yeah, right. (laughs) They were definitely, they'd jump out and tackle some 14 year old and be like, this bike is stolen. (laughs) But I think the G.I. Joe, I think normalizing the idea that there are bad guys guys in the world is is something that has always been if not directed by the american government then endorsed by the american government and normalized by it right well i mean if you you think about it in like boys play like gi joe and stuff or they did when we were younger i'm not sure what they do now they just do apps they <laughs> yeah it's all minecraft yeah <laughs> but uh <laughs> like it was gi joe and then like in the olden days, like in the 50s and like the 40s and the 50s, there was like a lot of like cowboys and Indian stuff. And it just like goes back and there's always someone versus somebody else. Yeah. They really try really hard to train kids to accept the idea that some people are not the same as you and you are against them. Yeah. Even even when my dad was a kid, there was like Captain America and you had cap guns and you would play cops and robbers mm-hmm. or you would play cowboys and indians mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. yeah and the indians were de facto the bad guys right like how dare you live here <laughs> <laughs> but uh so what who invented toys who invented them uh so toys there have been toys since prehistory there were dolls and figurines and things like that since prehistory right i mean we've talked about a lot of that stuff like the venuses and stuff like there's always been like little dolls and bullshits like that right it did yeah so was the venus a willendorf that wasn't a toy it wasn't necessarily a toy but toys like something that was specifically made for children that that they were pretty sure was a toy for a child was about four thousand years old uh they didn't start calling toys toys as in like something specific until the 14th century oh really mm-hmm. what what were they called before that they would just call them whatever it was they'd like to the catch all term like a toy oh. as a play thing. okay so the idea of some kind of good which is explicitly for kids to fuck around with mm-hmm. as opposed to just having an object in the house that everybody could use or something right. like that. Well, kids didn't usually have that kind of stuff. Like the idea of having extra extra income to spend on something like that is pretty novel. It's like a pretty contemporary concept. Yeah. Like people didn't have anything. Like putting aside money to buy something for a child to play with. And also like the idea of children was different back then. Like, the people didn't really recognize children as being a separate class of people who, like, needed to be enriched and stuff until a certain point. Yeah, they pretty much came out and started, like, going to work and stuff. Yeah, right, right. One of the first toys they found, where it was specifically a toy for a kid, right, was a little horse on wheels. It was a little horse that had wheels on its feet, and you would drag it around, and they found one in Greece. 
That's cute, though. From 900 BC. That's really cute. That's a long time ago, too. Mm-hmm. But most kids would play with whatever they could find. It wasn't like they had a special object for that. I remember seeing some kind of documentary. I forget which one it was. Someone will tell me which one it was. But it was some documentary, and I think it was like a little kid in Mongolia. Yeah. It was like a baby in Mongolia, and it just had, like, the mom just kept it like in the in the yurt or outside the yurt or whatever and the kid would just have like a string tied around his ankle and then tied to the side of the yurt so it couldn't get away and it was just playing with a stick that had a piece of animal fat stuck on it (laughs) like that is what but that is what kids would do for like majority of human history that was like what what you did with the baby while you were doing other stuff oh yeah oh yeah that's absolutely what would would be expected until people started commercializing stuff (laughs) i think when i was a kid i i felt much the same way you just kind of fuck around in your environment and you find something interesting to do like a a toy or a game is really only interesting if you have some kind of context for it right when i think about like the times when i was like playing and like having like the stuff i like to do the most first off i was a weird loner as a kid help I was a weird loner. Oh, yeah? Absolutely. I Like, I didn't fucking talk to anybody until I got to middle school, I'm sure. I just I just was not about talking to people. I was a very weird loner kid. And so my favorite thing to do was melt stuff. <laughs> like, that was my favorite. That was my favorite activity. Like, all, I had, like, all my different techniques for melting stuff. And, like, I would experiment with what you can melt. Yeah. And what would happen when you melted it and yeah. how that would work. But I really liked melting stuff. I really liked, I was probably a little bit of a burning stuff kid. Yeah, I liked, but... I liked doing the thing with the hairspray and the lighter. Yeah, I, uh, me and my friends got into doing that probably like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And then I was in like sixth or seventh grade and some kid in our grade like burned all the skin off of his legs. Yeah, right. By by doing some kind of fire thing. I think he threw hairspray in a fire. He was not going about it the right way. No, he, you need to understand how that works before you... But he didn't come to school for like six months or something. But then the, the weirdest damn thing, I was in the pediatrician having a checkup. And the pediatrician in the room where I was in, like... The, he had a Polaroid to the kid pinned up. And I was like, that's that's the dude uh-huh. right there because his legs are all burned off. Right. I was like, damn, I can't be doing this. Everybody will be looking at my legs. Yeah. It was like the combo of like, watch out, pain, fire, in trouble, and then legs. And then leg embarrassment. Right, right. <laughs> it's like that combo just stacked up. I was like, I got to quit fucking setting uh, mechanical pencils on fire, man. <laughs> well, I, you know what I like to do is I used to like getting a lamp and then taking the lampshade off of it and melting stuff onto the light bulb. Oh, yeah. Crayons. Uh-huh. Yeah. A little soft plastic. Yeah. Just like melt stuff onto the light bulb until I fuck the light bulb up and be like, get a new light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, back in the days when light bulbs generated more heat than light. <laughs> Hot light bulb coming through. That was I liked the light bulbs because I could melt stuff inside. I didn't have to go outside <laughs> to do it. <laughs> So you really did. You had like a menagerie of stuff you would melt. Right. But you know, also, my mom would also give me like mad inappropriate toys all the time. Yeah. Like she never read the ages on the boxes. 
<laughs> yeah. Ever. I remember being in first grade and she got me a wood, like a wood burning thing. Like the, the, the thing that is like a hot, you plug it in and it has the, the hot bit on the end of it. Yeah. So you can write on wood and that, like burn stuff into wood. That is, you can't give that to a seven year old. <laughs> Oh, That's I absolutely wild. had one when I was seven years old. You know what? I think that is probably what made me. I'm a very careful person and I don't hurt myself very often. Yeah. I think I, I was trained at a young age to watch my ass. You had to self-regulate because yeah, nobody else was paying any attention. <laughs> right. was, that the, was that the gist of right. it? I burnt myself enough times. I was like, hey, be careful. <laughs> Nobody is going to take you to the hospital, nope. Natalie. You just got to stick it in your mouth and suck on it for a second and move on with your day. Uh. <laughs> but, okay, so other kids in the past, they would have sticks and rocks. Like I mentioned, they, they would just have bullshit to play with, like a piece of rabbit shit, whatever they fucking yeah. found. Um, in the, in this valley region, they had carts and whistles shaped like birds and monkey toys and stuff. And that, those dated back 3000 BC. Those are fucking old as shit, right? Oh, giving a kid a whistle is the worst. It's the worst idea. They invented that. (laughs) They invented that so long ago. Those guys had the worst idea. (laughs) (laughs) Giving a kid a whistle is the worst thing you can possibly do. Because... You'll be like, they'll get tired of it, yeah, and then they'll, like, put it somewhere, and then they'll find it, like, two months later. Uh, right, right. And you'll just have another whistle day. Yeah. Remember remember Nona's favorite favorite toy? Yeah, her favorite toy was a hammer. <laughs> the hammer. <laughs> well, she called it, she called it a hammer, and we get, so it was... So by the time she was born, she was born in 2008. So by the time she came around, obviously times had changed and we're, we've all seen Pinterest and we've all read books about how to develop your child's brain into genius brain. And so you have to buy them the right toys, right? And like Melissa and Doug was always just like my most hated of toys because you feel obligated to buy Melissa and Doug because it's developmental. But I would always look at it and I'd be like, this is unfun. <laughs> but we got her something where it was like a coordination. It was toy. like the peg thing. It was like a wooden peg board that had like the little knobs, like the little pegs in the holes. And then you'd use the hammer to pound it through the wood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, you would, and then you would take them out, and you would put them back through, and you could pound them through again. Mm-hmm. And that I'm sure that I'm sure that's mentally good for kids that are like two. Right. But of course, what she did immediately, which is what any kid would do, is they're like, "I see the hammer is really the nut of this operation." <laughs> and it was a beautiful little hammer. It was like just the most plainest, most beautiful. I love plain shit, right? And so it was just the most plain, like wooden hammer that was just like a wooden cylinder with the handle. It looks, it looks Scandinavian. Minimalist, minimalist little hammer. Be- and it was like golden ratio. It was perfect. Right, right. Heavenly. Perfect hammer. weight and size. <laughs> Thor's own hammer. And yeah. <laughs> and so she would walk around and just hit stuff with it. And I, <laughs> it's like, we can't have, like she started and she was, I mean, she was just, you know, two, two, three years old, whatever. And, uh. So it was developmentally appropriate, but we got to a point where we were like, you can't have hammers. She's, and she 
kept calling it Hamer. She's like, I love my Hamer. I need Hamer. <laughs> well, I so, need Hamer. <laughs> well, what happened? What happened was one day we put her down to nap and I got the hammer and I was like, all right, that <laughs> hammer's going to go somewhere because it's just not, it's just not something we can have. You can't go around the house hitting everything with a hammer. Uh-huh. It just, <laughs> I think there's a developmental lesson in that, but I just thought that what I would do is just do the standard parent thing where just something you own disappears and you don't know why. Right. And then you know, and I think we even coordinated it. We we got something else, and when she woke up from a nap, we like gave her something. It's like a, a wooden <laughs> bait set. <and> switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, total bait and switch. Like we gave her a wooden set of all the hamburger ingredients, and they were all. <laughs> fuck, it was fucking forty bucks or right, something sure. too, man. Melissa, and Doug, go to hell. Right. <laughs> she woke up, and I was like, Nona. She was walking around. Just like kind of mean mugging, just kind of walking around looking for it, just kind of scowling. And uh, it's like, Nona. And she just kind of shaking her head. And I'm like, Nona, come here. Look at this. So she toddles over. And I'm like, look, you can make your own hamburger. What do you want on your hamburger? Hamburger shop. She looks at me and she goes, I need hammer. And I was like, oh, I don't know where it is. Do you want to make a ham? You want to make a hamburger? And she was like, I need hammer. <laughs> she did find the hammer. Mm-hmm. And what happened was sometime uh, in the last year, I think it was like we all got trapped in the house. So right. we're like, all right, we're going to we're going to clean the house. We did a Mondo house clean. When you have a kid, they go through sizes of clothes. They go through developmental stages. So, like, if if you own something as an adult, five years later, you can be like, ah, it's my coffee mug. I put it, you know, I put it in a drawer. I found it. I can drink out of this, right? Right, right. But if you're a kid, you're like, I do not need the baby book where you touch it and it feels like a rabbit. Like... <laughs> I can play Minecraft now. I do not need this, right? right? uh uh And so we were like chucking all this stuff. And uh, Natalie was in her closet and and there was just like a box of mixed toys. Like it doesn't matter how organized you are. If you have a kid, you'll end up with mixed toys. Right, right. And Natalie was going through it like, all right, pick out the stuff you need. And she reaches in and she pulls out Hamer. (laughs) And you looked at Nona. Uh Uh-huh. She's like, I need this. She took it and she she kept the hammer. That was it. And she still has a camera in there. I think you pulled it out and you were like, Nona, do you need this? And she's like, oh, yeah. And she took it from you. Uh-huh, yeah. She's like, I absolutely need this. Because she had <laughs> it in there. So she obviously had found it and hid it in there. <laughs> she, she did not want to lose it again. Right. She's like, no, this is my hammer, dude. <laughs> and I realize <laughs> I'm going to get my driver's license here in a year or two. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I am, like, very much not a child anymore. I'm very much, like, a teenager at this point, And I definitely still need Hamer. You know, <laughs> if, if she were to write an, an epic series of uh, novels about her life, the first chapter would be called Hamer Lost. <laughs> and the last chapter would be called Hamer Found. Uh, oh, Hamer. That was the only toy she liked, too. Yeah. <laughs> she was like me. She just wasn't, like, into that kind of stuff. Oh, it- I didn't. I didn't like... I didn't really like any toys. I got I got 
people would give me gifts of different kinds of toys, but I would not really play with them. The only ones I ever played with was Legos, which was the worst because that shit was so expensive. So I would always go out. I'd always provoke my parents to go take me around to garage sales. And whenever I found used Legos, I'd buy those. Because they'd be like three bucks instead of 90 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you. I never had Legos when I was a kid. Yeah. That was like, it was a cross between rich people toys and boy toys. That. <laughs> so, um... In the Enlightenment, that is when people first started, like, treating kids as if they were, like, something special. Before, they were just, like, got a kid, he's here in the house, until he's old enough to help, then he's, like, in the way. Whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They didn't get much in terms of, like, special treatment, right? But during the Enlightenment, they're like, we should let the children have fun in their childhood, and we should let them have, like, enriching activities. And so they started having toys and designing things specifically for kids to, like, learn and play around with. And so some of the first toys were, like, jigsaw puzzles, uh, rocking horses, and stuff like that. And they thought the rocking horse was uh, going to help kids develop their balance, like, in the same way that riding a real horse would. Oh, okay. Did you have one of those, those, like, guys with the springs? I, I didn't have one with... The springy horse guy? I did not have a springy horse. I had a wooden rocking horse. See, my folks grew up really poor. And so starting in like the 60s, going through the 70s, 80s, they would go to antique shows and they would go to auctions and garage sales. They would go to all these different places and they'd buy stuff for cheap and it would be like antique. So everything... All the the different, I had like a little wooden desk. It was like an antique desk. I had a rocking horse, like owned by a dead person, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Like uh, it was all really old. Yeah. But so uh, there are photos of me when I was just born and I have like toys hanging above the crib and I have like an embroidered egg my grandmother made and it looks like it was taken 900 years ago. (laughs) It looks like a fucking daguerreotype. Like if I... If I showed the picture, if you didn't know it was me and I showed you the picture and I said, uh, this baby was born in 1948, you'd be like, okay, and (laughs) you would believe me. Right, sure. You'd believe me. Sure. I would believe it also. I mean, different stuff. I remember my, allegedly, my first favorite toy was a bird doll. That is wild because when I was like one, one year old, two years old, I had an Ernie doll. Yeah. So you were drawn to the, uh, the uptight nasal bottle cap collector guy Uh who was always telling Ernie to go to sleep. And I was drawn to like the psycho of the pair, (laughs) the guy who would always like wake, wake bird up, like screaming and and he, he would fucking get naked in the bathtub and sing about his rubber duck and Bert would be busting in like would you fucking just wash dude right I was yeah I was like I was into the Bert doll Bert guy was my favorite Bert was like yellow and brown vertical stripes and Ernie had this like orange horizontal stripes right right you're I think Sesame Street definitely laid it out like you're either a Bert or you're an Ernie (laughs) I don't think that I'm a Bert no, I don't think, no. I think that it has to do with balance, right? Yeah, you're drawn to the thing that is least like yourself. Maybe. I I thought Ernie was clearly the, if you're going to have a horse in that race. 
<laughs> you gotta have you gotta have you can't name. i mean you have to yeah i think it's i think it's the thing with like balance man uh weird fact about ernie ernie had the song rubber ducky uh-huh. in uh 1976 i think it made it onto the billboard chart oh really who bought that record uh, apparently hundreds of thousands of people so it was diff it was different time yeah i guess so. you know the 70s i guess anything would go in the 70s anything could happen yeah right so in the 1700s there's a guy named jean-baptiste simeon chardin who made a painting of kids blowing bubbles which was like the first time people saw that like the first represented the first known depiction Mm -hmm. right and they would make that with like just regular washing soap and water just like bubble it up baby Uh they also would play with hoops like they would do that thing where they would chase the hoop around (laughs) (laughs) run and get it whatever that game is called (laughs) well they uh they had a hoop and then they had a stick and you would kind of whack the the stick onto the hoop like in a in a perpendicular manner or something. Yeah, you just chase it. Yeah. That's like one of those toys that it's just made to make you go to sleep when you're finished. <laughs> well, it's an, I guess it was smart. Right, right. It's like when you have like a dog and you get in like a, one they, of those dog treadmills. Yeah, well, I was just going to say you have to have something to have kids go to sleep because they didn't invent Benadryl until like 1948. Well, they had laudanum and shit, though. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you could, could give, give your kid whiskey back then. You could give your kid all that stuff, too. Here you go, baby. Get fucked. <laughs> you can get fucked off your gore and go to sleep, you dumb bitch. That's what they were like. Man, <laughs> you know who had the nut job of all time like back back then? is uh big charles darwin he would float around he would go wherever he wanted he would just grab up beetles and he would do cocaine and he would do opium and he'd eat everything when he eat everything that he found yeah yeah it, it, darwin had a big thing where he would go around and if he saw a penguin for the first time he'd be like get that bitch on my grill he would he had a thing where everything he found he would eat one of them yeah yeah it was like a noah's ark situation yeah right <laughs> I can see you doing that. You should go on your own Charles Darwin. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely. There's there's something some people just have an in it drive to feel like they they want to do that. And I would, to my defense, I also I would like to try every fruit and vegetable in the world too. Right. But I also do want to definitely eat every animal. Right. Just just one. Just it's a not, bite. No, not a bite. More than a bite. <laughs> a couple bites. If it's if it's bad, I'll have. A couple bites. <laughs> hot Carl, isn't that? Uh, it sounds like Hot Carl, but it's Hot Carl. Isn't that that rotten shark? Yeah, rotten Icelandic shark. I don't think I would be into that one. I got. I would. I would try it. <sighs> I don't know if I would, man. I mean, do it, do they have it like mixed up with something else anytime? Is it like a part of a recipe? You just get a chunk of it. You just eat the chunk. I, I'm saying I might be able I might, might try something that had it hidden inside of it, but I don't think I would stick a whole piece of it in my mouth. I would want to just try that. I would not want to ruin other food with it, because I don't think it would be good. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. I think that's one of those things where people will like eat it out of necessity, and then uh, people after after that point just eat it to prove a point. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're tough. We can eat this shit too. It's not, not because they're like, hmm, I missed the taste of Hawk Harl. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, and by the 19th century, they put, they started putting, like, a lot of emphasis on, like, religion and toys. And so they would have, like, models of Noah's Ark and Bible scenes and all that kind of shit, right? Yeah. And board games that were like, oh, repent, right? I think we talked about those guys in the, didn't we do a board game episode? I don't know. I don't remember. Anyways, there, there used to be, like a lot of the board games were all like, "Yo, you have to save your soul from it's a clutches good, of damnation." It's a good plot. Yeah, it's a good plot. You can't really make a a board game about like steadily improving, like your enlightenment through your life, so you can ascend to your higher self. Like, cause, cause you don't know you don't know what you would do to get there. Right. And then the board would just be a circle because it's like the cycle of life, man. Right, right. There's no beginning and there's no end. And time has, time has collapsed upon itself. Everything that is now has always been and always will be. But that's, I mean, that's... <laughs> that just like the humble Frisbee or the stick and hoop, it is reflected in the deterministic nature of physics. <laughs> I think the existence of free will is predicated on the idea that your choices that are executed in the conscious part of your brain or what you believe to be the conscious part of your brain are something that circumvents particle interactions, which as far as we know is not, I mean, you can't look at billiard balls on a table and change their course. I don't know, maybe you can, man. I don't know, can you defeat the laws of physics using your dumb monkey brain that used to be a monkey not that long ago? I don't know. Well, I think that everything is not real and I think that, that free will is probably not real and I think that everything is just a universal consciousness and your entire life is just a series of choices that you make that you think are important but really are just moving you to the point from which you're supposed to view the universal consciousness and perceive it and, and then report back and I think that is why you're here. So every, you think that all the stuff you're doing is important but really it's just... It's just a series of events that is leading you to where you are, you're going that you have no choice. Yeah, I mean, it's, det <laughs> it's deterministic. Just enjoy the ride, right, man. Right, just like you're here to like find your spot and stand in your spot and then take the picture and then go. Well, that, of course, the question remains, who are you taking the picture for? Yourself. Well, you're taking yourself, your picture of yourself for yourself, and you're taking a picture of humanity. Yeah. So humanity could perceive itself as a universal being that encompasses the entirety of the universe <laughs> i mean it it beats the noah's ark game sure. i think <laughs> two by two i don't believe that shit <laughs> think about it <laughs> so uh also in eight in the 19th century they started doing all this stuff with the religious stuff but they also started having uh the industrial revolution so they started having toys made in factories mass manufacture of toys right and so that is what started off like boom years for toy makers they started cranking toys out and you know people see them and they gotta buy them because they're like well if someone else's kid has it I won't love my kid as, as much as that guy if I don't also get it from my kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like an arms race. <laughs> 
So they started manufacturing toys and at the same time people's wages started rising compared to how they used to be and so at the same time that people had more discretionary income they started having more options for buying shit that they didn't need right and so you cover your food and your rent and then you have toy money yeah and then people really started getting a a boner for like making their kids smart oh yeah they just fucking loved it like oh my kid has to have the most best brain power possible and so they started like trying to Enrich the fuck out of those little bitches. <laughs> I mean, maybe it worked. Right. It worked right. a little. Right. A little bit. And so they would have, like, art sets and Play-Doh and, and paints and this and that. Like, things that they could, like, really get their rocks off creatively. And, like, oh, my intellectual growth and development. Right? uh they started having construction sets that had like metal strips and girders and wheels and axles and nuts and so kids could like fuck around and make machines like the toys back then were better than the toys now yeah erector set those were those were i had one of those but inevitably it was an antique one and uh in also inevitably like whenever i had those toys that i got second hand there was always a bunch of shit missing right right so there was a bunch of rusty screws and nuts i still fucked with it anyway whatever right. <laughs> like the inside of it was like you could make this ferris wheel and the in the box itself was like this metal <laughs> like this this tin suitcase right right it was like it was very post-war. Like let's make all this shit out of metal. This stuff is never gonna go anywhere. Well, I think they had. I think they had all that shit going from the war, and then as soon as they quit making airplanes and stuff, they they're like, well, "What are we gonna do with our nine hundred metal factories?" Right. We gotta. We gotta support the metal industry. <laughs> it's just the same. It's just the same thing. It's like. You make everybody dependent on an industry and then you force the people to support the industry when the industry starts failing. Yeah, right. Just like, you remember when everybody was telling each other to buy gift cards? Yeah. <laughs> buy a gift card to this restaurant. You got to support the restaurant. I'm not obligated to buy stuff from places. It's an idea that did not occur to me until the pandemic that society feels like I am obligated to spend X amount of money a week on stuff that they want me to buy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 90% of restaurant owners out there, if you think you are supporting, you think you are paying a guy's rent and his car payment on his Range Rover, you think you're you're helping a good member of the community, 90% of restaurant owners are fucking Republicans. Mm-hmm. When this shit started, all the restaurant owners got together and sued the city for forcing them to close. They wanted to stay open because they could not conceive of doing anything for the public good. Right. They were individualists in the sense that they believed that the community had an obligation to support them paying their business loan. Right. Right. So in other words, these people who supposedly have an idea, an economic or a social idea that... Every every man is for himself and everyone must work hard. But if you can only make that happen by paying starvation wages to your workers and forcing your community to buy gift cards. Right. right. You're a fucking scam artist and your ideology is dog shit. And if you would have me die over $20 worth of food, you're 
just a bad person. No, right. you're not worth supporting. Right. Right. Like, all the security theater of, like, restaurant eating and, like, well, you wear your mask and then you sit at your table and then you just slip your mask off while you eat. <laughs> Simple, really. <laughs> and everyone leaves and it's fantastic. <laughs> no one's exposed to coronavirus at all. <laughs> my, my favorite was the school where they started saying people were going to be six feet apart, which is not concordant to any kind of guidelines because aerosol and droplet transmission goes way further. And then when they started packing the kids in, they're like, well, all the kids are going to go back to school. And I was like, no, my kid's not going back to school. And they're like, well, all the kids are going back to school. So we're going to do three feet of distancing. And I was like, no, that's definitely not anything. I can touch you if you're three feet away. Right, right. If I could smell you from three feet if I could smell 50% of you pubescent little disgusting dirty fuckers. Right. If I can smell you from more than three feet away, being three feet away from you, I, you could definitely sneeze on me and I would feel it. Right. But then they said, and in between classes, kids are going to be closer than three feet, but it doesn't matter because it's less than five minutes. <laughs> It's less than five minutes times six times a day. Yeah, right. Uh. So anyway, so out of uh, out of 6,000 kids in the school district, over 500 of them have been forced to quarantine because they've come into contact with people with COVID. That's just in the past week. That's just in the past week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Cool times. Good, good idea, guys. I like, I like the idea that as soon as the pandemic starts getting better, everyone needs to rush outside real quick. Like, it's getting a little better. Hurry up, hurry up, get out there. Everyone get mingle. We got to make sure it stays up. We got to keep those numbers up. <laughs> we got we to gotta support the virus. We need to buy gift cards for infections. After all we've been through, we can't just let the coronavirus fade out like that. Look at how sad it is. The numbers are just going down. It's so sad. Like, every day, they're getting lower and lower. Let's get all the kids back in school. Let's reopen all the restaurants. Let's do all this stuff. And we are going to be back in business back on like 10,000 people a day. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is America. 500,000 people dead from an easily preventable mass casualty event. It's just not it's just not good enough. Right. We can do we can do better America. We can do better numbers, man. This we can, is like <sighs> rookie numbers. <laughs> uh in the late 1800s, puzzles became pretty fashionable. Did you know that? And these puzzles were like, it was in a book, a book of puzzles. So they were like word puzzles and stuff and like mazes and shit like that. Now those are still pretty compelling. Uh, you know what my favorite thing is, is logic puzzles. <laughs> I will sit there and do logic puzzles sometimes on my own. I, uh, I, would, I would do crosswords. I would do a logic puzzle, sure. I, I like could... doing the ones like, David had a hamburger, but he was sitting next to Margaret. <laughs> Sandra yeah. is a vegetarian, and she's best friends with Margaret, but she, when she went to vacation, she went to Acapulco. <laughs> I like... I like those where you make the little grids and you and you work them through. I like that. Those yeah. are very satisfying. That's almost like clue. Yeah, that's like I, that's, that's one of my soothing things I like to do, like a relaxing thing, along with playing like Bejeweled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, during the Second World War, they started having uh, more toys that were around because of innovations they made during the war. And accidental innovations that they made during the war. Like, they were trying to create a replacement for synthetic rubber and accidentally made Silly Putty. 
No. Yeah. And they had originally made Play-Doh as something to clean wallpaper off. <laughs> and then we're like, but it, it's very good for children to play with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet. God, I bet if you bought Play-Doh and you were like, finally, now my wallpaper is going to be clean. Because I bet at the time you probably had like coal soot. Yeah, right. And, and... I'm sure cigarette tar or pipe tobacco tar. You right. probably had nasty shit on your walls. Right. It's a lot cleaner nowadays than it used to be. You ever look at those old photos? And I don't know if it's the quality of the photo or if everything used to be dirty. But even going back to the 70s and 80s, didn't shit look dirty? Mm -hmm. Shit okay. looks so dirty. I think, our, I think our standards just kept improving. Now we expect everybody to just be in a glowing white room. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's a good it's a good standard to aspire to, but I think that's how everyone's getting allergies now, though. You think so? Yeah, I think that's what it is. They're just not like the the color white and the glowing of like the like just the absolute like everyone has to have everything like all wiped down and pristine and shit all the time, and there's like no people have their windows closed and and are using the air conditioner and this and that, and so they're not getting as much dirt. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that before too. I guess the solution is to is to expose yourself to dirt. Get a time machine. Expose yourself as a child to more dirt. <laughs> so at a certain point, they started making toys that were like more for one gender as opposed to the other, right? Yeah. Girl toys versus the boy toys. Well, the the boys were were programmed for violence and war, and the women were being programmed for housekeeping, essentially, right? Right, right. So before 1975, though, only 2% of toys were specific to gender. Really? And now almost all toys are labeled by gender. Wow. I, w I would have thought it would have at least gone back a little bit. It is very much like very much the thing like dolls for girls, dress up sets for girls, tea sets for girls, play sets for this, animal toys that are girl ones, right? Uh huh. Boys get like monster play sets, trucks, and cops, and cowboys, and construction workers. And dinosaurs. Did I say dinosaurs already? No, but dinosaurs is a, is definitely for boys, unfortunately. I got Nona a lot of dinosaur toys when she was a kid though. Well, uh I would I would get her anything she wanted to anything she wanted to play with. Although I have ever since the first time, like you don't think about it because I mean, at least me as an adult. Now I know some adults go to McDonald's to get the toys because they are adult toy collectors and they get obsessive. Right. With getting it. And then McDonald's does this to bolster their bottom line and everything else. But I realized as soon as as soon as soon Nona was old enough where we were going and we were getting her fast food, you know, in my defense, not super often, but I mean, you, you have a kid, you take your kid to get fast food because they like it. Mm -hmm. It's very soft. Yeah. And it has a very bland taste and texture generally because that's what appeals to the largest number of people so you get them that because they like it right and i realized uh, going through probably wendy's or something like that getting her a kid's meal and then they ask if you don't have a kid or you don't buy children's foods you don't know they say is this for a girl or a boy and the very first time i was like i just i just paused and i was like fuck i gotta think like, this, like, I don't think she's going to like, like, if they just put a little doll in there, I don't think she's going to think it's interesting. I think I should get her something she has to put together. 
Because the boy toy is always like, put these triangles together and you can make a dinosaur. Right, right. And the lady was like, can you hear me? And I was like, yeah, give me a second. She's like, this fucking moron (laughs) is digging around in the back seat trying to find out where his kid's genitals are. No. (laughs) I think I said, it's for a boy. And I got it and it was a little plug together thing. And I was like, okay, okay, I did the right thing. But ever since then, I've always thought, and you can correct me if if this is not the correct way of thinking about it, but I've always thought that the question truly is, do you want a girl's toy or something that's fun? Right. <laughs> because getting one single lump of plastic and the lump of plastic is dressed like a girl versus something you use your hands and mind to put together, like clearly one is superior. Right, right. I would agree with that. I, I was never, like I said, I was never a role-playing, like, baby doll person. I liked brushing the Barbie's hair. That was about the most I got out of playing with toys. I think at some point when I was a kid, someone decided that I liked, I liked porcelain dolls. And so I had porcelain dolls also, but you don't do anything with those either. But... It, very inert toy. Yeah. Like, look at this. It looks like a baby. Like, oh, yes, it, baby. It's like a, a... And I mean, people don't think... Generally, people don't think about this in a larger sense. They just want to get something for you that they think is nice because they like you. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's all that it is. A hundred percent of the time when somebody is buying a gift for a child, they're just like, I want to get something for a kid. I like the kid. I want to see the kid be happy when I give them stuff because it makes me think about when I was a kid and I had simple joy, mm-hmm. right? It, mm-hmm. It's totally, but I'm saying... The the idea of giving a kid like an unmoving stiff porcelain doll is just like training them to be happy with everything being inert and then they can just sit still. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, their brother's outside whacking a hoop that is made of dinosaur bones. Right. <laughs> chasing that down the street on blue rollerblades. <laughs> oh, anyways, I was going to say... I never was really into, like, doing the role play stuff with Barbies, but I remember my sisters were, like, bananas for it, and they would have, like, the most involved soap operas. Really? Yes, and they would be, like, screaming, crying, like, dramatic telenovelas. Wow. That were, like, fucking bananas. And I was like, you guys need to take it down a notch. <laughs> but they but they clearly liked it. Uh-huh. So it, that is that is a mode of play that some people really really enjoy i never i never liked that you know what i never uh i never got into i never got into guns uh-huh. and i never got into like military stuff and cop shit i'll tell you uh that there was a kid in nona's school several years ago it's like first grade so the kids were little kids were six or seven years old and everybody came to school and everybody was like i'm mario i'm uh, uh harry potter i'm star wars i'm this and that and then this kid comes in and he has like a full tactical outfit. It wasn't just like, you know how kid Halloween costumes are often just like stripper costumes? Mm-hmm. Like in the quality, it's like $20 worth of costume. It's just like the very bare minimum of what- It's like so flimsy that kid, the kid wore clothes underneath it. Yeah, yeah. It's just the the smallest amount of material to suggest that you would be an occupation or a character. Right, right. right. This kid did not have this. He had somehow like the top of the line and it had like a U.S. Army patch. And I think it had his name on it. 
I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that at all. No. He had the little, he had the little hat. You played like Call of Duty. Oh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. He was about to sink with his dog and everything. <laughs> it was fucked. I feel like he knew too much about weapons and stuff, man. It was not good. Right. It's not like a very chill existence for a kid. No. Like, I want my kid to, like, think of the world as not a place where they're going to go somewhere to kill people. Yeah, you can't, you you <laughs> know, do indulge your kid, but don't. Uh, I, I feel like if that came from the kid, instead of getting him a mini murder outfit and turning him into a little Klebold too, I think you should use your Halloween money and get him a little bit of talk therapy or something, right. man. Right. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even one of those Twitter people that is like, men always be putting gas in their car, but they need to be putting therapy in their mind. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I just, I think at the point where your kid's like... Uh, learning about the correct bullets to use and which gun. You're like, all right, you know, we need to get you somebody to talk to. Yeah. And redirect you. So there, uh, researchers said that children as young as 18 months old will display sex stereotype toy choices. And even in babies, infant girls will show visual preference for dolls over trucks. Really? Mm-hmm. So that suggests that there's like some self-awareness of gender before you're old enough to like really be able to internalize a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But kids prefer, prefer to have the girl toys versus the boy toys sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I just, I always try to not ever get into girl toys. I tried to get her like creative toys or like art supplies. Art supplies. Art supplies are the way to go. Art supplies are always a good gift because she always ran out of them since last time you bought her art supplies. Yeah. <laughs> they said that there was a researcher named Susan Witt who did some further studies with this kind of stuff um, in re- in regards to like gender neutral play and like having kids have access to like dolls and trucks right (laughs) yeah and she said that parents are the primary influencer on those kind of gender roles with their kids and so if you do not push the stuff for girls stuff for boys with your kids your kids will not really make those decisions without you suggesting them first interesting okay kids just don't give a shit i think kids are just gonna play with what is most fun yeah right i think i i think also the environment that you're playing with the toys and makes a big difference. Like I mostly as a kid had toys and I would play with the toy by myself. Mm-hmm. And so mostly the stuff I liked was like Legos or art supplies. Right. And most of the time I just wanted to fucking go read a book or whatever anyway. Mm-hmm. I think if you have a house with a bunch of kids, it's easy to get a board game together or something, though. Like, we had board games, and my folks didn't want to play them, and playing with my sister did not usually work out. So, like... And also, playing a board game with two people is, like, not... It's not that fun. It's not it. We had a whole ton of kids in my house, though, so we always had... You always had... You always had between, like, three and 19 kids in your house. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I could see how toys that would be more social in nature would be would be something that kids would want to play with. Right. We were like we were mostly like I was mostly books. Like that was my favorite thing to do and like from my youngest ages, like as soon as I learned how to read, that's what I wanted to do. I was like a books and art supply kid. Yeah. And stuff to melt. <laughs> <laughs> 
give me a just give me a book and a something, something hot. <laughs> give me a book and a cigarette lighter, and I'm good. <laughs> I'm still the same way, really. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, so, in South American communities. Boys will receive a bow and arrow from their fathers, while girls will receive a basket from their mother. And so gendered toys is, like, not unique to American culture. Yeah. It is definitely something that is all over. They say that you should encourage your kids to be more involved in gender-neutral play because that works towards desegregating genders, which is beneficial to everybody, obviously. And you should also get your kid toys that closely fit talents that they have. Yeah. And help them develop skills where they you think that they have, like, a certain level of interest, right? Sure, yeah. And, obviously, all that stuff is extremely self-explanatory. You don't have to play little makeup, baby maker, house cleaning playset if you're a girl. Sure. It's sure. not necessary, right? So, what are some different types of toys? There's, like, dolls and miniatures. I actually quite like miniatures. That's, like, one of the things I quite like. I like the littlest, tiniest stuff possible. Well, you like making them, though. Yeah. That's that's part of it. Is the making it is the fun. Right. But little babies. Yeah. Small. Um, you can use dolls, like, as a baby doll. There's, like, humanoid dolls, like our Bert and Ernie dolls. Um, you can have dolls that are like teddy bears or whatever, animals. And there's also like toy soldiers. Yeah, yeah. And boy dolls. And then there's also vehicles like play with a toy truck, do this and that, right? Puzzles, collectibles, uh, Happy Meal toys and promotional merchandise. There's all kinds of stuff you can distract your kid with. And there's also things that encourage your kid to have physical activity, which I had mentioned before, the toys that are made to make your child tired. Bats, <laughs> bats and balls. And, and frisbees stuff. and big wheels. That's something we, we always struggle with in our house is whenever we need a ball for something, <laughs> we, we simply do not have balls. <laughs> <laughs> like we had- Do I look like a seal? <laughs> <laughs> We we had gym homework, oh, which should be illegal, uh-huh. but we had gym homework, and the gym teacher is like, "Well, you know, do this little thing, make your little activity, make a little golf, make a little golf course, do a little bowling," and uh, he he said, "Don't go out and go to the store. I'm not giving you a shopping list. Just use any ball from around your house." And I had to give Nona an orange. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you guys are bowling with an orange. Yeah. <laughs> At least we had fruit. <laughs> she's got a bee on it. At least she didn't have to go bowling with a banana. A yeah, I don't give a shit. As long as she doesn't flunk gym and have to take it again in the summertime. Yeah. I don't care what she gets in gym class. Yeah, yeah. And uh, gym homework should be illegal, but that's neither here nor there. Right. You know who else likes toys? Animals. Animals love playing with toys. Are they you ta- think that they're cool. Yeah. Like seals and whale at SeaWorld? Uh, like a dolphin. They play with a ball. Like a seal will play with a ball. Yeah. Uh, chimpanzees will like use sticks as dolls. Really? Yeah. Um, and they will carry their stick around all over the place with them and put it in their nest and... Obviously, dogs like a toy. Oh, yeah. Dog toys are like oh, a big yeah. business, man. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Every time I ever had a dog, the dog was always spoiled to shit and had more toys than any child in, in the universe. Because if you buy a child a toy, like the older that the kid gets, like the less it'll like it. Yeah. Like once you get up to like maybe age eight, it, you get diminishing returns. And after then, you better be giving them a fucking video game. Right. And you better like drill into the reviews and make yeah. sure it's a it's a video game they're gonna play. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, the dog toys, like they have the dog balls and they have like the chew thing and like all that kind of stuff. The thing is you have to get that kind of stuff, otherwise your dog's gonna destroy your house. But I suppose kids are the same way. I think that's probably part of the reason that you get kids' toys is so they leave your shit alone. Otherwise, they just, they get so bored, they would pick stuff up and play with it. And they are still learning how objects work. Right. But also, I I keep, this is something I've thought about at least once a week since I read it, is they did, uh, they did that study. I think it was at Stanford. Uh, well, no, I, it was somewhere. They did a study where they had participants in a room and they showed them this electrical shock device and they said, this device, we've, we've got your fingers in here. And if you push this button, you will experience a mild, it will be an unpleasant electric shock. It won't hurt or kill you, right? But if you push this, you will receive an electric shock. This is something that we're using, whatever. I don't know how they explained it, but basically they left the people alone in a room for 15 minutes. And they found that over the ha over half of the people in the room just shocked themselves. Right. Repeatedly. Right. Just like fucking Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> over half of the people. I would have done it. I would want to see how, how bad the shock was. I, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it over and over. I would do it one time, though. I, I wouldn't, because I've gotten shocked too many times. I He said it wasn't going to be that bad, and so I would trust him. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Maybe they didn't control for that. Maybe the fact that the, the guy, if he, if he told people it wasn't that bad, maybe they'd be like, all right, I can take it. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a thing that a person is supposed to touch and get shocked. <laughs> it was, it's purpose built. I want to see how this thing works. Like, let me see it. Let me see it. Well, maybe the result of the experiment is not, is not what they were trying to say then. Maybe the result of the experiment is that if somebody in authority tells you not to worry and that you'll be okay, that you'll trust them. That's a lot more heartwarming than 60% of people are so dumb they will shock themselves given the chance. Well, I also don't fear death. <laughs> <laughs> also, I also am not afraid of getting electric shocked after Nona gave me that taser gun for Christmas and I immediately tased myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, it can't be worse than that. And I, that was fine. I got over it in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, that was about two years ago. We went to the we went to the mall, and I I told her I'd get I said pick out anything for your mom that's like thirty bucks or something. And we went we went around everywhere, and she bought a fucking taser. Yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> it's cool though. It is. It's cool. I keep it in the side table in case in case one day you're not home. Yeah. And someone comes over and I need to tease them. Zoop. Crack crack. Yeah. Well, you know, but. How bad if it's not that bad? If you test it on yourself and it's not that bad, maybe it's worse. No, it was bad, and oh. I just got a very teeny tiny, like very barely shuck myself. Oh, really? Yeah, 
and it was like it was like it felt like when you stick your finger in between the prongs and plug it in oh like you know when you feel it through your whole body you're like ah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i know one i know one time in my life i did the genius move i was going and trying to plug something in in the dark and like the human brain is amazing because like the rational thing to be to do would be to turn on the light if you don't want the lights to be on just turn on a light somewhere plug it in then turn the light off but i decided i would go in the dark and i was like i can't i can't plug it in because the it's narrow mm-hmm. right and so what i did is i put my finger on one of the prongs uh-huh. and i used my finger to guide it in right and I've that done worked that before. Uh-huh. yeah that worked exactly how you would imagine i put my finger in between it's like wait well, put my finger in between the prongs and then i'll be able to feel like when i line oh. it up oh no <laughs> <laughs> See, you you did the same thing I did, except you actually you thought about it way more before you did it. <laughs> I just had a million dollar idea. Garbage Brain University, M- million dollar idea. What if on your Geo Guesser stream we set a goal where people bought subs until you made a million dollars, and then once you make a million dollars, I'll tase you during your stream. <laughs> That is, that is great. I would get tased for a million dollars. That's like the thing where, uh, that's like the thing where they come to you and they, they ask you, uh, like a thought experiment. People say, would, would you do this? Would you, would you sleep with somebody? Would you do this thing for a million dollars? Like, you know how far a million dollars goes? Right, right. I, I. I would do very many things for a million dollars. That would relieve a lot of pressure off of me and my family. <laughs> I fine. would, I would yeah. always, I would always, I would incur a, a moderate amount of psychic damage for a million dollars. Sure, sure. <laughs> Which is, is my brain. That thing fixes itself. Right. <laughs> you get scared of stuff. You wait a few years, it goes away. Right. You right. forget. You get a little Swiss cheese hole, goes in the hole. You're good. Yeah. Right. So what did you learn today about toys? You know, I never I never figured out what I was supposed to do with most toys. I guess just the idea of little black and white kids, not as in race, but as in old television shows, running around in a cowboy hat, shooting a cap gun, still makes as much sense to me as it ever did, which is to say not very much. You know, I think one of one of my big things when I was a kid was always just running down in the woods. And it wasn't a woods, it was a drainage ditch. But I would just go down there and I would spend hours just digging up rocks and, right. and wrapping sticks together. And it wasn't my baby. It was just, I wanted to do it and it was cool. <laughs> it wasn't my baby and it wasn't a gun. I think that the woods are the ultimate genderless toy. Really, you have everything you would need out there. Moss, rocks, the rocks are hard, that's danger. Wood, that's constructive. The air, you breathe that. Mm-hmm. The water, don't get wet. It's a wet walk home, baby. Right. <laughs> so think about it. If you're buying a gift for somebody, stay off of those gift cards. Those restaurant owners aren't going to help you. Buy the gift that everybody loves, regardless of their gender or their age, their background. It's the woods. Right. And a subscription to our Patreon. And if you haven't already, <laughs> patreon.com slash University gives you access to our Discord as well as about 80 or 90 episodes you haven't heard yet. And access to the woods. And 
access to the woods at absolutely no charge. You just got to find them, buddy. Right. <laughs> you know who loves going in the woods? Cory Grella. Cory Grella, the woods master, and who can blame her? They're a beautiful place. Do you know who is the woods? Uh, who is the woods? Yes. Who's that? Harlem Township. They really are the woods from north to south. The township is almost exactly a square. Look it up. Harlem TWP. Got, they got a lot of trees in that bitch. It's one square, many trees. That's like the nature of existence itself. <laughs> right, right. And we have our other people who sponsor us. You know, if you want your fruit and vegetables to exist as long as possible in a form that's still edible, you're going to want to hit up Hazel Technologies. Your fruit will become unstuck in time. Your vegetables <laughs> will travel to Tralfamador and back. <laughs> Never age. Ageless. <laughs> so check them out. Hazel Technologies, they'll get your produce right. Again, we're at patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. And if if you're slow on the pickup and you're still listening, which you're not, everybody turns it off by this point, that's fine. You, I still love you. I'm still going to tell you I love you at the end, even though you're not listening anymore. Yeah, live your life. But uh, we've been streaming again, twitch.tv slash garbagebrainuniversity, kind of where you would expect it to be. But uh, I've been playing GeoGuessr on there, and who knows what we'll do in the future, so make sure you check it out. And thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.